Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. You will realize from scriptures that Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, in fact, Acts chapter 1, yeah, it's Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, and in Acts chapter 13, all these acts that I've said, do you realize that the apostles' Bible says that and we are witnesses of his resurrection. The apostles, what they were doing was not just telling people Jesus came to live. They were telling him that he's alive. They're telling people that Jesus is alive. And so the Holy Ghost came on them to go and witness to the world that Jesus is alive. It's all about the resurrection. Somebody say it's all about the resurrection. It's all about the resurrection. Say it's all about the resurrection. Say it's all about the resurrection. From the scripture we read, um, the, the first and second readings, very powerful scriptures. The first reading says that they went to the tomb because they, they were not expecting him to resurrect. So they went to the tomb to go and see if, to go and embalm him, sorry. So early the Sunday morning, they were going to embalm him. It was the tradition. They had to go and embalm him with some spices so that his body would last, even in the, in the grave or in the tomb. But when the women got there, According to the text we just read, when they got there in Luke chapter, from Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 8, they got there, they rather met the angel and said, they, first of all, they realized the stone, the tomb, and the stone has been rolled away from the tomb. Now, very interesting thing I want you to notice the stone was not rolled away from the tomb so Jesus could come out. The stone was not rolled away for Jesus to be able to come out, but the stone was rolled away for you and I. For the witness to be able to see in that it's, that it's empty. Because Jesus would have come out anyway. God shut the door, he entered. So nothing can restrict him. And as I said earlier on, he could have come down from the cross, but he didn't. He, he could have come, but he wouldn't come down. He could have come, but he wouldn't because of you and I. And so when the, when the, when the stone was rolled away, they looked inside and it was empty. An empty grave is there to prove that Jesus is alive. And now people have been trying to use all kinds of reasons to explain away the resurrection. Some, some skeptics have said that if he didn't resurrect, he didn't actually die. Muslims believe that Jesus didn't die, that some Allah somewhere sent some angels to go and rescue him from the um, Roman soldiers and go and hide him somewhere and he's coming back again at the end times. So you may meet, meet a Muslim and he will tell you that Jesus is coming again for the second time. That makes biblical sense. It's true. He's coming again for the second time. And they will say that he didn't die because Allah sent some angels to go and take Jesus from the Roman soldiers. So the one who was crucified was not real Jesus. Allah is powerful. He can do anything. (laughs) Hallelujah. That is not true. That is a lie. That is a lie. Jesus died on the cross. They beat him. They killed him. He died on the cross. And he went to the grave. The first reason why he resurrected, the first reason why the resurrection is necessary or was necessary, first reason to prove that what he said is always true. Anything He said that I'm going to die and in three days time, I will come out from the grave again. And so did he do it? He died. And the disciples didn't even expect that he was going to come out. But when he came out to prove to them that whatever he says he will do, what has he said to you? 
Get ready. It doesn't matter how impossible it looks. Once he says it, he has the ability to do it for you. So number one reason, quickly, number one reason, you can even refer from the scripture I read. Number one reason, he came out, the resurrection was necessary to prove that whatever he says is true. Whatever he says he will do, he will do. Got it? Lovely. Now, number two reason, very important, quickly. Let's quickly, can you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 13? Acts chapter 13, verse 27. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, Sabbath day, they, they, because they did not the voice of the prophet, they didn't know him, they had fulfilled them in condemning him. Now what he's trying to say is that these people have always been going to church. They always hear the prophet, the word of God being preached. Everything is being said. They were always hearing it. And guess what? Guess what? They didn't know the voice. They didn't know God. They were, though they were hearing all that was being said, they didn't know the, what the prophets were saying because every time that they were there, but the Bible says because they didn't know the voice of the prophets, they didn't know him. If you really get to know God, if you really hear the voice of God, you will know when Jesus is on the line. Or when Jesus shows up, you will always know. And the Bible says that because of that, they, they, they condemn him. Verse 28, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired their pilot that he should slay him. This shows that he was without fault. They were doing everything possible to find fault with him, but no fault. And they said, though we don't find fault, the guy got to die. They say the devil is a liar. Verse 29, and when they had fulfilled, let's read the verse 29 together because that's a very key point. Let's read it together. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and slay him in the, and laid him in the sepulchre. Now, they, 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 they fulfilled, listen, that's a very interesting word. They fulfilled, say fulfilled. <laughs> listen, when you are serving God, don't worry those who are trying to fight against you. Because when God says that I'm going to promote you, when they are trying to demote you, their act of demotion will end up in fulfilling God's act of promotion as said for you. Did you understand that? They tried to get rid of Joseph, not knowing the act of getting rid of him was rather putting him into destiny. So they did all, the Bible said they, had, they did all that was written up. They, they fulfilled it. It doesn't cost God anything to let somebody fulfill what he has said he's going to do for you. When God promises he's going to bless you, people begin to fight against you. Don't worry. God will rather use them to fulfill what they are trying to fight against. Say, that's my God. That's my God. <laughs> so when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree. In other words, after they beat him and killed him and punished him so bad that he bled and bled and he died, they took him down from the tree. Now, the, the Romans had specially trained soldiers to ex- examine when the person is dead. Because the cruci- death by the, on the cross was the worst of punishment the Ro- Romans used to do. And so that for them to kill somebody by the cross, they have to make sure, they have to examine that the person is really dead. So for a trained Roman soldier to de- Declared that in fact they were going to usually because some of them don't die early, they just suffer and the pain gets worse and worse because when they stretch you on the cross, you're breathing. When you begin to breathe, you anytime you take in the breath, you stretch, you know, you put a strain on your hands. So you suffer anyway. So they used to suffer, and some of them will will keep suffering, will not be dying, and it will be getting late. So what the custom was, they had to take big metal hammers or whatever and break their legs. 
when they break their leg, break their bones, that shows that they are dead. They break their leg, kill them, then they bring them from the cross. They can't be run. They go and bury them. And so they went to break the first, the thief's leg. They went to break the other thief. It's not good to be a thief, you know. They went and break the other thief's leg. Though they were crucified with Jesus. <laughs> They broke their legs, but when they got to Jesus, they were going to break his leg. They realized that he was already dead. They said, oh, he's dead. They examined and knew them. They generally knew that the man is dead. Now, who are you to say that he didn't die? He died. He died to the extent that they now took a sword and pierced him on the, on the side. The Bible said that water came out, a blood came out first. Say blood. blood. Say blood. blood. Blood came out first and afterwards water. Because the blood and water should have mixed. But because it was dead, the blood came and the water started coming. Now, very interesting. You remember something in the book of Genesis chapter 2 when somebody's side was opened? Oh. <laughs> it was at that stage that the church was birthed. That's why I said, I'm coming for my bride. I'll talk about that later one day. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so they examined him and he was dead. Verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. Say to, let's say it together. But God raised him from the dead. Verse 31. And he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. Who are his witnesses unto the people? Verse 32, and we declare unto you glad tidings, unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the Father. I'm reading verse 32 again. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, verse 33, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he raised up Jesus Christ. So his raising up Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the promise. Now, if Jesus was not raised, God didn't fulfill the promise. My God, my God. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God showed up in the scene and began to declare curses upon the serpent. And he told the serpent, you bruise her, you, the seed of the woman shall bruise your head and you will bruise her, his heel. The seed, he didn't say the seeds, but the seed. The seed. Talking about Jesus Christ. So right when Adam and Eve fell, God prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ to defeat the work of the devil. Hallelujah. In fact, the Greek word is Calvary. The Hebrew is Golgotha. The mountain on which Jesus was crucified, Golgotha means skull. Skull. And remember I said that Jesus would bruise the head of the serpent? Oh my God. Everything that was written of him, he fulfilled it. Now, if you say he wasn't God, out of the over 400 prophecies that were said concerning the Messiah, he fulfilled all. Not one was missing. He fulfilled everything. To the, even in his death, he fulfilled it. When he lifted up his voice, he said, My God! My God! Why have thou forsaken me? Psalm 22, verse 2, he was talking about that. All the prophets spoke about him. But the Pharisees, because their hearts were far from God, when he showed up, they didn't even know. Praise God. And so now the second reason why the resurrection was necessary was that to fulfill the promise of God. He had to be resurrected to fulfill the promise God has given that one day the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. 
Praise God. You can add first, second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Say that for all the promises of God are yea and amen. Uh, uh, yes, in Christ. And in him the amen is said. Every promise God has made, until you find yourself in Christ, you are not qualified for the promises of God. God, they are all yes and amen. Third reason why the resurrection was necessary. Third reason. Third reason is very interesting. It neutralizes the sting of death. The power of death was shattered. Second, First Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be, do a bit of reading from First Corinthians chapter 15. Death was overcome. First Corinthians chapter 15. When we talk about the resurrection, you see, that is why Christianity without the resurrection is not, it's not Christianity. It's religion. And excuse me to say this, which it sounds sometimes a bit harsh, but I think it's the truth. It stinks. Christianity without the resurrection stinks to God. Because it doesn't, it doesn't have substance. It's just human or humanly arranged ceremonies just to try to reach out to God. But they can. Can't. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. So when when this corruptible shall have put on incorrupt, incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall then shall be brought to pass the saying that it's written. That is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Let's all read verse 55 together. Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It says that the sting of death, in other words, you see, those who rear snakes, usually some of the snakes, they remove the poison. They, you know, they put it by the glass and they squeeze it and they get the poison out. They have been de-poisoned. Now, when the snake, the poison is removed from the snake and the snake bites you, guess what? You're okay. When you see the dog, and if uh, I, I used to catch birds anyway, we used to catch when we were children, and when we catch, we catch a bird, we get a nice bird because we don't want the bird to fly away. Guess what? We pluck off the feathers, so we leave the bird; it can't fly. So the flying powers have been taken away. Now the sting of death. So it's like a, a, a dog, a bulldog, and you take, you cut all the teeth away. Doesn't matter how wild it can bark; it can't do anything to you. You understand? So now the power of death to harm you has been taken away by Jesus. He got it. So when we read that scripture, he said that I am he that was alive, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and life. Death has been neutralized or has been disarmed of its evil influence. Now, does that mean, does that mean we, we can't die when you're a Christian? You, you, Christians, as a matter of fact, Christians don't die, they go to sleep. <laughs> Christians don't die. So Paul says that when you read this, this very first Corinthians, he said, those who are asleep in Christ shall rise up first at the last trumpet. So when the trumpet sounds, those of us who are alive will wait for those who are asleep in Christ first to be resurrected and they'll be caught up in the air and those of us who are alive then will also join them up. There we go. <laughs> and so Christians, medically speaking, you may say that they die. 
But in reality, Christian, a Christian does not die because he may, he, may, he may fall, he may go to bed, he may, go, he, may, he may sleep, he may go to the grave, but he still has life. Now, listen to this. Now, when we say Jesus has life, this is a very interesting thing. You're going you're gonna to get something from When we say Jesus has life, see, the opposite of life is death. And so for you to take life away from somebody, you have to introduce death. That's why I say you can't take somebody's life away from the person because you are not God. So for you to take away life from them, you have to make the person, kill the person, introduce death. Now, yes, watch this. Jesus Christ, he died, resurrected, overcame death. So his life, the life that we have in Jesus is not the life that can be overpowered by death. It's the life that death can overpower. So when we talk about the life we have in Christ, it's not ordinary life, but it's the life that death can overcome. Because it's the death, it's the death overcoming life. It's like, I think I heard somebody talk about a film called Jason. You kill him and he's still coming. You shoot him and he's still coming. He doesn't die. I'm talking about that life. When Jesus comes into your life, you have, so, you see, nothing has the right to die and remain dead in your life. When something, you see something is dying in your life, you have the covenant right to speak life and command it to come back to life. And it will obey you because we have life. Got it. And so he says that the sting of death was neutralized or nullified. And Bible says something. When you read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, we are not turning there because of time. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, he says that Jesus had to taste death for our sakes so that he would destroy the one who has the power of death. Do you get that? So you can write that when you go home, you can read it. Now, the fourth reason... The fourth reason why resurrection was necessary is the potency of the Christian faith. Because if the resurrection was not necessary, or if Jesus had not resurrected, we don't have any faith. Faith in what? We don't have any message. Look at First, first Corinthians, the same, the same chapter, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching... Then, then is our preaching vain, and your faith also vain. Somebody said, "Oh, don't worry. He didn't die. He, 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 he didn't resurrect. It's just listen. Everybody. It doesn't matter how powerful they are. It doesn't matter. Winston Churchill died, and it's the Abraham Moses. They died, and they are all they, physically. They couldn't come back. Nobody. Is it Buddha? Is it Mohammed? Oh, my dad is gone. He can't come back." <laughs> now, let me, talk, let me tell you a little about the resurrections in the Bible. There are about eight resurrections spoken about. No, eight resurrections spoken about in the Bible. Now, there are two people in the Bible who the Bible says that did not die, say physical death. One is called Enoch. Enoch walked with God and he was no more. And then that's Enoch. And we have Elijah. Elijah, some angels and well, some Bible said chariots of fire took him away. Elijah didn't die. These guys didn't die for some prophetic purposes. Now, but the other seven people who died and they were... So what Elijah and Enoch experienced was not resurrection. You understand that? No resurrection. But the other seven people who died, they were dead and they were brought back to life. Elijah brought somebody to life. He was dead and he was buried. And once some people were going to bury a corpse, and whilst they were taking the dead person away, they saw that their enemies were coming. It's like in Iraq. 
They're going to bury someone and they see the uh, insurgents coming. They come, they left the dead body. So they threw the dead body, and the dead body accidentally or incidentally fell on the tomb of Elisha. And when Elisha's dead bone, dead bones came into contact with the dead man, the dead man got alive. And he also started running and following. That is the, the, one of the resurrections spoken about in the Bible. And then the, another one, Elijah, one woman's son was sick. Elijah went and prayed. The boy, the boy died. Elisha went, sorry, it's Elisha. He went and prayed and brought the, back, the, the guy back to life. Now, there are other five in the, that was spoken in the New Testament. Jesus rose, raised two people back to life. Peter raised two, Paul raised one. Seven people are in the Bible. Now, yes, Jesus raised Lazarus back from the, from the grave. So, so Lazarus didn't, was not brought back to life, not to die again. They all died again. Because their being resurrected was not the um, overcoming of death. By just that they were, by some supernatural power, brought back to life. Jesus didn't come back to life. He overcame death, so he could not die again. He's the only one. So the resurrection of Jesus is, don't let us confuse it with the other resurrections that were performed or that were spoken about in the Bible. Those were ordinary human beings who were brought back to life and went back again. They died. Where are they? They are no more. But it's only Jesus who is alive forevermore. Somebody say forevermore. Say forevermore. That is why you don't have a problem. Because he's alive forevermore. That is why, hey, my God. That is why I can preach like I'm preaching. My message is not vain. Because there is a backbone to my message. That is the life of Jesus Christ. He is alive. So Paul says in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, he says that I count everything useless, everything I've learned, all the philosophy, all the intelligence, I count all useless so that I can know Jesus Christ and the resurrection power. I want to know the resurrection power. Somebody say the resurrection power. The resurrection power is what will guarantee your peace in life. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 11, he says that if the spirit, of, is the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave, if that spirit lives in you, then that spirit of God will quicken your mortal body. In other words, your physical body can enjoy some benefits from the Holy Ghost power that is living on your inside. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, or chapter 1, sorry, verse 20, 21, 22, it talks about the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and seated him above, far above principalities and power. He said that is the power that is working towards you. That is called the resurrection power. Someone say the resurrection power. Resurrection. I got the resurrection. We can, when you come to the week, I say, I got the power. Woo, I got the, we got the power. Slap somebody on the shoulder and say, I got the power. I got the power. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Some people will go and drink and say, I've got the power and then I've got the power. Oh, easy. <laughs> hey, easy, steady. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when you are Holy Ghost intoxicated, nothing can take you by for granted. You are full of listen, a small boy like I see you there. That small boy with the Holy Ghost inside is more dangerous to the devil than Saddam Hussein or American president or Tony Blair or whoever. The devil does not fear anybody. But the Bible says that for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. How can you try and solve a mental problem with just some uh, uh, physical activities that doesn't have a direct influence on the mind. Now, in other words, how can you solve a spiritual problem with a, to- with a te- technological approach? They are in two different realms. Some of us have spiritual problems. You know. If you know you've got a spiritual problem, no, if you, in fact, let me put it this way. You've got a spiritual problem until Christ is really in charge of your life. 
And sometimes Christ comes in charge, but you realize that something is still trying to fight. Get yourself fortified in the blood. Because it says that it's the blood that exempts you from satanic torments, satanic, satanic domination, satanic intimidation and frustration and demonic harassment. The blood is the answer. When he sees the blood, he begins to back off. Hallelujah. Say, I got the blood. The blood is upon my life. I am covered by the blood. And so he says that if Christ did not resurrect, then that all this lot of things I'm saying doesn't have power. But what gives what I'm saying the, the efficacy is the resurrection of, the blood of Jesus Christ. His resurrection gives the, what, what I'm saying efficacy. It gives our faith. When we come to church, we say our faith in Jesus. We have faith in God. It's not some, some mental projection, but it's a reality. It's the real deal. Tell someone, that's the real deal. Say, so that's the real deal, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the next point number five. Why is the resurrection necessary? The necessity of the resurrection. Point number five. Look at verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 17. Verse 17 says that, And if Christ be not raised... Your faith is in vain, and ye, ye are yet in your sins. Your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sin. Now, we've talking about the faith bit already. In the absence of the resurrection, our faith is nullified, it's in vain. And he says that something else. So, why is the resurrection necessary? We will still be in sin. If Christ is not resurrected, there's, there ain't gonna be any way your sins can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. He had to resurrect. But didn't he die for my sins to be forgiven? Yes. But if he hadn't resurrected, your sins couldn't be forgiven. That's a very interesting one. He had to resurrect. So when that, that funny unbeliever who doesn't understand this tells you Jesus didn't resurrect, the person is trying to tell you that you are still in sin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you pray, whatever the gimmicks you do, God can't forgive you. That's the, you know that's the lie of the devil. Even one of the evidence that Jesus Christ died and resurrected is that I am forgiven. I mean, your life, you can look at yourself and you can wonder, oh, some of you still feel you can't be forgiven because of something that you've done. Even last night, don't worry. Once you are here, you say, God, pass me not, forgive me. <laughs> Praise God. So, the, 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 the fourth point is that the, the efficacy of redemption, he had to resurrect because of the validity of re- redemption. Because if he hadn't res- resurrect, if he didn't resurrect, it means that there re- we don't have redemption. Our redemption is invalid. The re- redemption certificate you have is invalid. It's, it's not uh, original. It is the, 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 the resurrection of Christ that gives our redemption its validity. Now, number six. Look at... Um, the same First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, and then verse 32. And let's see if you can find something from there. Verse 19, what does it say in the verse 19? It says, if in this life only we have what? Hope, Hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. So it's like if we are Christians and we say, oh, Christ is our peace and all, all we have hope is in Christ in this life alone. Because when we die, there's no resurrection. Then we are of all men most miserable. <laughs> in other words, he said, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy life, live life anyhow. Because when you die, that's the end. But that's not the case. Because when you die, it's not the end. When you leave this earth, you are now going to live the real life. 
depending on what, somebody will come and tell you that, oh, if you don't live a good life, when you go, you have to come back, reincarnate to come like a donkey so that somebody will use you or you come like a monkey or a lizard because you didn't live a good life. But if you live a very good life, when you die and you go, you come back like a king. Maybe you'll be born in the royal family. Maybe the queen will have to give birth again to give birth to you. It's a lie from the devil. Bible says in Romans chapter, uh, sorry, not Romans, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 that it's appointed unto man, an appointment. It says it's appointed unto man once to die. Say once. once. Say once. once. Say to die once and after that one judgment. So as soon as you fall down and you are gone, get ready for judgment. You are not coming back and say, okay, let me leave it again. Maybe I'm coming like a donkey or I'm coming like a monkey. <laughs> so when you see the monkey, they say, maybe it's somebody's grandfather. Your grandfather didn't do well, so he's come back. No, that's not my grandfather. <laughs> Praise God. So he says that if in this life alone we have hope, we are in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Look at verse 32. Verse 32. If, if after the manner of men... I have fought with beasts at Ephesus. In other words, he went through so many things, fought all kinds of challenges. I have fought with beasts at Ephesus. What advantage, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. So if the dead will not rise, then there's no, I've been through all, some of you are going through a lot trying to be right with God. See, that's why I keep saying, don't let our Christian work be only hinging because hinge in the fact that, okay, if I live holy, if I live well before God, God will reward me on this earth so that I'll get a good job, God, I'll get money, I'll get all. Don't let your righteousness be based on the benefits, physical benefits. It's all part of it. It's going to come. But don't let that, that shouldn't be the incentive. It should be your hope. In heaven, your hope when you meet Christ. And I keep saying it, people, so that in case you keep doing this, you keep doing it, and one year, two years, three years, nothing has showed up. You don't still get disappointed because you know that the real deal is after here. It's the hereafter. Hallelujah. You are amassing wealth ahead of you. So it says that if Christ did not resurrect, then we are all most miserable because we don't have hope. We don't have hope. But even in this life, we have hope. Bible says that Christ, Colossians 1.27, you can write it that Christ in you, 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 the hope of glory. Not the money you got, not the money in your account, not the good job you've got, not your husband, not your wife, not anything, not even your health, but Christ in you, the hope. Of glory. So, what does this stand to imply? Do anything possible to keep your Christ in you firm. God, yes. that's what guarantees your hope. Yes. You can get a lot of money, but even can't guarantee what you or the, the, the necessary work. Nothing can guarantee your peace, permanent peace. Peace is never a permanent possession on this earth. Unless you have Jesus. And even when you have Jesus, watch this. When you have Jesus, Bible says in this world you may have tribulation. Because we are in a fallen world. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, that's, you, you like this, what I'm going to say. The devil, God created the angels first. And a third of the angels, God created them for a purpose. A third of them were disobedient. So they left, or they had to kick, they, they, didn't, they had to be kicked out of heaven. That's why they are here and trying to use you, because they don't have bodies. They are disembodied beings, so they look for human beings to use. <laughs> and when he created man, guess what? Man also 
disobeyed God. So it's like God's creative purpose was, was, was inter- interrupted. You understand that? Because man, and so God had to redesign. He designed a program. Jesus Christ had to come. Guess what? His death was to deliver the whole creation from, from that apostasy. So his death, I like this. See, Jesus had to die to deliver creation from the fallen nature. And so that's why Paul says that when we give our life to Christ, we died with him. Because the old nature needs to die. So that something new can start. Because the old nature, according to creation, was subjected to, it was subjected to corruption. So it was corrupted. And so you and I, in our nature, that's why you know, some thoughts that sometimes come in your mind, you wonder, a small boy, a small girl, sometimes you wonder what they can do and what they can say. Where did this guy get this from? What kind of attitude is that? We, the old nature, old man is corrupted, fundamentally corrupted. Man is fundamentally flawed. Creation is fundamentally flawed. And so, until the whole creation is redeemed, Romans chapter 8 talks about for the redemption of creation. So when we give our life to Christ, when Christ died, he died to redeem not just us, but creation. That's why he had to go to heaven to present the blood. The Bible said even the things in heaven were sprinkled with the blood in Hebrews. Got it? Is, is it very clear there? And so we are death. When, we, when we, we come to Christ, it also means that we have we have been dead to the old man. We are dead to the old nature. And we are living a new life in Christ by the resurrection. And so, the, as I said earlier on, the basis of our hope, Christ has to resurrect because the resurrection is the basis of our hope. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, Follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Karis Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.